everybody, and welcome to another episode of Opposites React. I am Sarah, and I'm here with my husband, Tyler. It is April 8th, 2020, and we are here to talk about the random entertainment and such things we did this week, um, and topic, as Tyler's been figuring that out as we go. Um, but where do you want to start? I'll start the way we normally do. What have we been playing what? or watching? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I, I think I've only been playing Animal Crossing. Well, you were... Weren't you playing Persona 5 today? Well, I just started it. Yeah. Not Yeah, but I've played that like four times in a row. Okay, fine. So you're not doing new content. No. <laughs> it's just, yeah, anything new is Animal Crossing. That's it. So enjoying it? Am so, I? Yeah. yeah. You're still keeping at it. Yep. Every day doing my, still waiting for those turnip, turnip prices. Turnip prices, problems. Uh, yeah. Yep. We need to make some friends so we can travel to their islands. But then we have to buy Nintendo online. So. <laughs> yep. But yeah, every day, like, the new stuff is kind of slowing down. Mm-hmm. So every day has kind of gotten into the hour, like, 45-minute length. Uh, you can get in, you can get your fossils, you get out kind of thing. So are we going to know by Monday? Is that when, like, the, uh, like, when do you get the ultimate thing from Zipper? The ultimate, on the 12th um, is the last day. So it's Sunday, right? I think it's Sunday. So we got to log on and see if he's back. And he'll, I think if we have everything, he'll give us a recipe. Mm-hmm. And we got to make that recipe. Right. Um, I expect that it's going to take a lot of eggs. I've been I hoarding, sure I've been hoarding them in my hope not. Because yeah. I've just been avoiding fishing because I'm tired of catching the eggs. Yeah. So I just, I don't have that many of the eggs. So <laughs> I don't want to have to go catch them. And I'm glad that there's not balloons every five seconds anymore either. Because that was yeah. very, all I heard the whole week was just <sighs> in my head, all the balloon sounds. So I'm glad it's over. But it is still, it's still fun. I love buying the outfits every day. That's like one of my highlights. We're getting pretty close to unlocking the uh back room of my house i think mm. like the thing on that loan and then from there i guess i don't know um maybe start trying to build bridges yeah i i built the back room and i haven't put any money towards another one i haven't put any money towards bridges i've just been trying to play the stock market and it's mm-hmm. going poorly so far so i'm waiting for my big break and then i will buy the house upgrades and uh, the bridges and the inclines and then I will not yell at my town every day for having to use the pole vault and the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been obviously playing my with my usual rotation of MLB and Apex. Apex a little more recently. Like last night, I played for a good few hours with a friend because what yesterday they the update they put out was to put duos into the game permanently. So that's a nice change because me and my friend we do like playing duos a lot, uh, just because it's we don't usually play with the a set third so a lot of times our random can be terrible or much better than us uh map rotation now which is kind of interesting so it looks like every two hours the map will rotate between world's edge king's canyon and king's canyon dark so a little bit of variety there there was a uh, not a ton of patch notes for this update uh they did i didn't get to play around with a lot of it yesterday but they do have the new area in world's edge for bloodhound she has her oh i shouldn't say she sorry they. bloodhound has their own arena area with like oh is this the first kind of area for world's edge uh no well not if you count the mirage ship the vo- right. mirage voyage right yeah. that was a long time ago it feels like though yeah so yeah i didn't get to try the bloodhound area too much yesterday but we're not gonna understand you land in this uh mountain like cave area it's, it's where that like sniper mountain area used to be and there's like a thing you have to activate and then these creatures come out and you can kill them uh there's maybe i don't know three or four of them at a time per wave you kill them and then i think some loot areas open up for you 
So you can get, you know, purple stuff probably, or I don't know, there's probably gold stuff in there too, but I've only seen purple so far. What else? I guess I did. I guess I'm at, I'm at level like, or Battle Pass level 102, so I'll be at 110 soon. So that'll, there's only, I think there's only about 28 days left in this season. So then we'll, that'll bring out, that'll wrap up season four. Uh, but yeah, so baseball is still going strong. Like I said, they're still putting out content, uh, whether it's new missions, moments, uh, the new, the new big one, the big update will be this Friday when the second inning program starts. Uh, that's where you can like unlock, you know, super diamond cards, bosses, they call super them. Super diamonds. Well, like diamonds, you can, well, I shouldn't say that's not true. I was going to say you can only get them through the program, but then of course, once people get them, they do sell them on the market. So what, there used to be cards that you leveled up, didn't there? Uh, they still have those. They call them okay. evolution cards. Okay. Yeah. So around. yeah, like I'm silver. I'm my XP level right now is silver level six. When I get to silver level ten, I'll get it. I'll unlock a new Evo card. Okay. So I can choose from one of a few guys that I want to evolve. Right. Uh, and originally, I probably would have got. I think the three options right now are like Yvonne Rodriguez, who's a catcher, Eddie Matthews, uh, third baseman, and uh, oh, what's the other one? Oh, Carlos Gonzalez, a outfielder. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna, probably gonna go for the I'm not gonna go for the catcher card because I just got that 99 Buster Posey, mm. so I don't really need a catcher. Uh, and what's it? You don't need the outfielder either. I don't, but I like using him a lot. He's a good. I'm a sucker for lefty outfielders. Okay. For some reason, like almost all my outfielders on my team are like lefty, like pull heavy lefty guys, like Granderson, Soto, Kepler, a few others. Oh, uh, Blackman. So yeah, he'll he'll be. You're right. I don't need outfielders, but. I don't. Well, you'll get him anyway. I don't really. I don't really. You know, third base is a little thin for me. I could go for the Eddie Matthews, but that was it. Was I still have some time to decide? So yeah, yeah. Those games are going strong. Uh, I have two copies of Final Fantasy VII coming. You want those? <laughs> two copies. <laughs> it's funny. I watched a. I'm assuming some people already have it or something. I've been watching YouTube videos of it. Oh yeah, like they've been shipping early to make sure right. people have it before. So Friday. I watched. It's in chat. I watched a boss fight last night on youtube it was uh, i don't remember the name of the guy it's like cloud was fighting a guy in a church i think okay and yeah. Aerith was there yeah. i don't remember the guy's name i forget his name also but yeah he was fighting this guy and i, I so when during this boss fight i was like oh so that's how the battle system is gonna be like in this game it's interesting yeah like, it i'm not in love with it it didn't seem very turn-based at all it's not it seemed very it's, not, it's action yeah i thought there's some turn-based aspects to it that you can turn like, like a different mode on right but it doesn't really turn it any more turn-based either that's why i'm just so really not was, i don't know it. the boss fight really didn't it didn't it didn't intrigue me at all the one i watched because it's just the guy's just like zipping around this room and basically cloud you just keep rotating the camera and cloud just keep hacking at him dodging out of the way hacking at him, dodging out of the it's way like Final Fantasy occasional way it feels occasional like. magic spell yeah yeah yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's interesting. I mean, the game looks great, obviously. It's beautiful. Yeah. But I'm very, I'm just curious how they change the story. That's really all I care about. Mm-hmm. So. I've also watched some online videos of Resident Evil 3, the remake. Yeah. It looks pretty cool. Uh, I've heard it's not $60 cool, though. Or in Canada, $80 cool. <laughs> not, not as much replay value as Resident Evil 2, I heard. Mm-hmm. I got a lot out of that one. And uh, But yeah, this one. I mean, this one. This, playing it through once, like, for the story aspect seems pretty cool. So a rental. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely think it's a rental or a buy it on sale kind of game mm. in terms of i haven't really watched much new recently although today i did actually well i started watching a movie yesterday and i didn't get a chance to finish it so i i i don't usually leave movies halfway through like i usually I'll, you know what i mean like i don't yeah, no. i don't get an hour into a movie stop it, and then refinish it or resume it like today this movie i started watching yesterday, it was only about 20 minutes in so i still finished the other two hours or so today lost two hours why did you only get 20 minutes in uh i was watching it like on my lunch break yesterday oh. work from home and i just I got busy yesterday, didn't get a chance to finish watching it. So, it, but it was um, 
came out last year in theaters. So it was called it's called Angel Has Fallen. Oh, what it was called? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And it's it's a it's you know Gerard Butler action movie. It's it's the exact same character he plays in the other movies of that. If you want to call it a franchise, there's like Olympus it Has is. Fallen, London Has Fallen, and now Angel Has Fallen. This one, like I said, I, I think I told you after I watched it, it was pretty good. I liked it a lot. It was um, probably not as good as the first movie, yeah, I was say that. but much better than the second one. <laughs> this one actually had a pretty good plot, good acting, like for it for being a sort of like a mindless action movie. I'm like you're not going in expecting an amazing plot or huge twists or anything. It was pretty predictable actually, but the action scenes were good. They didn't use too much CGI mm. uh, as as the second one did. This one relied a lot more practical effects, especially with the explosions and stuff. So I thought the action was really good. I think it's a good recommendation if you want something fun to watch for a couple yeah. hours turn your brain off that kind of thing uh yeah that's i mean you haven't other than you watching your usual grays you haven't really yeah. watched anything else either so no. there is actually oh, um remember, remember i showed you a trailer the other day for that new netflix movie that's coming out in a couple of weeks yes you did it so, looked boring again it's brought my alley right you know, yeah kind of action it's boring until yeah. i like it no, I, but I like <laughs> i like watching certain actors too like it's you know, like you probably could have put anybody in the role for this for this movie, but putting like the, it's Chris Hemsworth is the lead in this one. Uh, for those who don't know, Chris Hemsworth played Thor mostly in the Marvel movies. He's done some other movies too, like he was in uh, he was in that one called Black Hat. What's that? that? Was, uh, uh, I don't want to say spy thriller. It was a Michael Mann movie, came out oh. a few years ago. It's pretty cool. Uh, he was in. Like, what else have you been in beside? Well, I mean, I keep thinking of weird roles for him. Like, he was in Ghostbusters, the, that reboot mm. a few years ago. Oh, he was in that new Men in Black movie, which wasn't very good. When he sticks to the action stuff, I think he's good. When he tries to, he can be a funny guy, but these comedies he's in tend to be pretty poorly received. I see. Like, Vacation, Ghostbusters, Men in Black. Not great movies, even though he's good in them. So, but yeah, so he's playing a mercenary in this one who has to, you know, rescue some kid from a kidnapping. I think it takes place in India. It looks like it, yeah. Mumbai, something like that. I'm not sure exactly where. But yeah, a uh, Netflix movie comes April 24th called Extraction, which is funny because uh, if you... Extraction is such a generic title, obviously. Yes. If you actually Google search Extraction, there was a movie, I think in 2015, 2014, 2015, there was a Bruce Willis straight-to-DVD movie called Extraction. So oh, if you look it up, you might, got away with that. you might find that one. Uh, the other one I'm also intrigued about watching soon, and I may have to, um, I may have to sign up for the Apple tv oh, apple tv goodness. plus thing for a month or so to try it out well they apparently you get a seven-day trial for free but i don't know if this series will be available at once or if it's like a weekly thing but there's uh, that we're going to binge it up the there's end. that one also coming also coming out on april 24th same day which is a friday um that series called defending jacob it's one with chris evans where he's his kid is just right teenager suspected of murder from yes. a murdering classmate that looks pretty cool I like, again i like seeing chris evans in that role like, outside of the marvel I, stuff so i'd mildly be interested in that i like the yeah shows I don't think there's really anything coming, especially coming to Disney Plus soon that I've heard. No. Like, obviously, more and more movies that are getting pushed out of theaters are, are ending up on, on streaming services. And, like, there was, um, for Disney Plus, like, because, again, Disney owns, obviously, all the Marvel and, and Fox stuff. So, some of the, like, uh, Marvel offshoots, like, there's that one called The New Mutants, which has been delayed forever. <laughs> I think that might eventually end up on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't surprise, wouldn't surprise you if the Bob's Burgers movie ends up on there. When was that supposed to launch? It was supposed to be out this summer, like June or July. Okay. I think it was supposed to be, actually. I don't think about. It, I think it was supposed to be out the same week as the Christopher Nolan movie, which is kind of funny. Wow, I know where I'd go. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Obviously. No, I would not. <laughs> Maybe a good double feature. Walk out of a Christopher Nolan movie. All right, everybody, watch Bob's Burgers. Let's yeah, go. Exactly. Yep. That'd be a palate cleanser. Exactly. All right. Well, I think that'll segue us into our topic for this week, and I do actually have a topic this week. It's not just going to be, hey, let's 
throw some ideas out there about shows. Well, I know more about TV than I do movies, so this is a Sarah I listening know. week. Well, I have a list of eight movies here, and I think you have personally seen at least two of them. Oh, well, I'll see if I remember And you may them, know then. some of the other ones. So uh-huh. now the topic this week, what I kind of want to go for theme-wise, I mean, I was just, I was sitting at my sitting in my chair in front of my computer today at work and I was kind of staring over at my movie wall my, my cabinet full of DVDs and Blu-ray stuff over here and I was thinking okay what am I going to talk about tonight let's uh, let's think of some movies that are maybe lesser known like I don't want to call them hidden gems uh, that most people don't like I, I specifically want to go for movies that are uh, had small budgets didn't make a lot of money in the box office like these are all movies that were out in theaters and these like straight to DVD okay. or, or like None of these were streaming movies because most of the movies on this list are from like pre twenty ten. So okay. we're talking like mostly before streaming was a huge thing. And when, did Netflix, when did Netflix even come out? I mean, well, top, Netflix was a red box thing first, wasn't it? Yeah. When did it sort of become what it is now? What it is? Like four or five years ago. I was gonna say twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah. So all these movies are well, well before. I mean, you probably could have on red box, but whatever. But yeah, so I got a list of eight movies here uh, that I think are all quality movies. I can I've seen them all multiple times. I can rewatch them probably any time. They all—it's good variety on here. Is they're not all fish coming. No, no, they're not all. The, they're not all the same genre either. I have a nice mix here. I think of movies that could be fun for people to watch. So uh, I'm not going. Any, I didn't write them in any particular order here. Um, actually, know, actually, actually, that's a lie. I did write them down in alphabetical, alphabetical order. Well, it's because your yeah. cabinet is in alphabetical order. Exactly. Because I, <laughs> I was looking at all the things on here that say the, but then I realized that alphabet, when I when I sort alphabetically, I go by the word after the. Yes, so, I know. Okay, so these are all alphabetical order. I guess we'll go with that. So. Um, so the first movie uh, came out in 2006. It um, was oh my gosh, what, hang on, I got my numbers in the wrong order here. I didn't write down which one was box office. You need a budget. chart. No, no, hang on, hang on. Okay, I remember now. Okay, so the first movie came out in 2006. Uh, it had a it had a small box office run, only about 16 million box office okay uh budget of 35 million Ooh, so it obviously snap. took a bit of a loss but again okay. 35 million not a big budget for and it's no it's true and when i mentioned the movie too well if you watch this movie you'll understand like visually why the most of the vi- budget went to the visuals I see. so it's called the fountain yes you know, I the know fountain? how much you love the fountain yes the fountain came out in 2006 directed by darren aronofsky who at the time was known mostly for i think it was the only movie he did at the time really was that requiem for a dream it came oh. out in like 2000. That was the one where about uh, drug addicts. Yes. Yeah, that's a really dark movie. I don't feel movie. I've seen that. Uh, I, I think after the film came out, he went on to do stuff like uh, he did Black Swan. Oh, yeah. He did. I mean, I know recently he did that one called Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, that's right. one with all the Bible allegories and stuff. What else did he do? I think I'm missing a big one in there, though. Aronofsky. It's going to bug me. Anyway, The Fountain, I think, is his most underrated film. Uh, I think it had a mixed critical reception. Because uh, it is a very the first time I watched the movie, I remember thinking, "Wow, the visuals were ama- visuals were beautiful. The acting was great. Didn't really grasp the whole story. Mm, there's a lot yeah. of wacky. I don't want to call it time travel stuff. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's like alternate realities going on because it's about a person kind of dealing with their mortality and having visions visions, I guess, of an afterlife. So uh, it's pretty trippy. But the acting was amazing. Uh, Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz were the two main leads. The main synopsis of the story, I guess, is that uh, they're a married couple. Hugh Jackman, I think, is a some kind of well, he's a doctor. Obviously, I'm trying to remember if he specializes in in brain surgery or um, like disease, brain disease. Like he's he's always he's always experimenting on the monkeys. They're trying to find a cure, I think, for it's not Alzheimer's. It's something else to do with the brain. But anyways, his wife maybe? maybe his wife ends up having a brain tumor, I think, mm. and uh, 
and then yeah so um he wants to obviously try and cure it um but she does this isn't really much of a spoiler happens early in the movie but she does pass away so the rest of the movie is him sort of dealing with it, there's a lot of flashbacks of memories he has of her but then also it's really hard to explain so you just need to watch yeah, it, it. no i'm not i'm not because if i explain it, it would make sense anyways you just need to watch it it's not a very long movie from what i remember a couple hours probably uh, i do recommend probably watching it twice so watch it once yeah. appreciate the visuals and the acting think about it watch it again second time i think you'll get a much better grasp of what what they're going for uh but yeah i so i think i remember the critics it was kind of poised for critics because they probably pretty much did the same things i did that uh maybe yeah, this the, the narrative wasn't very straightforward which it wasn't intended to be and uh i don't know maybe some people thought darren was being a little pretentious with the screenplay <laughs> uh he had some things to say about like i said religion mortality stuff like that but i, I think it's a really good film i'm i'm it, it depresses me that it didn't do better but again it didn't it not, not like it hurt anybody's career i mean Hugh Jackman yeah. went on to do fine things aronofsky still went on to do great films so it's it's a good film and oh i remember the other one now that aronofsky did i can remember it was that noah film the one oh with my Russell goodness yeah. yes yeah he likes his Bible stuff. He does, yes. So, but don't like that. If if you're a person that doesn't like religious movies, trust me, I'm not trying to say this is like this isn't like Passion of the Christ or anything like no. that. It's not. It's not heavy religious. There's some religious uh, overtones. Yes, undertones. But undertones. Undertones is a better word. Um, but yeah, it's not not the driving point of the movie. No, it's mostly the visuals. The oh, the music. Oh my god, how can I forget to mention the music? The music was done by. Um, Clint Clint Mansell Mansell he's a great composer so he uh he did he did one of my other favorite um scores which was for Smoke and Aces yes I was yeah. wondering if that makes the list also mm. he also did a really he also did a, that composer Clint he also did a really good score for a specific episode of Black Mirror you know that Netflix show Black Mirror I know that Netflix that one show. that everybody loves called San Junipero San Junipero I think that's how you pronounce it I only know so, the the like you have to give me the synopsis of the episode for me to be like I remember that one I don't think you watched that Black Mirror one, the one okay. I'm referring to, but yeah. Anyways, so the music in the film too is amazing. It definitely accompanied the visuals, and, and I think it's also one of Hugh Jackman's most underrated roles because again, it's, we did talk about that. I know, before. I know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one, since we're going alphabetically, the next one would be a 2003 movie. That this one's not too bad. It was a box office run of 45 million on a budget of 55. Huh. So again, still but a bit of still, a loss. You always have to think of advertising on top of that, and it's like yeah, yeah. no, it definitely took a loss. Yeah. Uh, but not huge. Uh, so this one's called The Hunted. Do you know that one? No. So that's the one with... There's too many hunted things lately. I can't keep uh, Two. Well, this one came out in 2003. So. I know, but The Hunt, The Hunters, mm. The Hunted. So this one came out in 2003. Main leads are Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro. Okay. And the on this one is that Tommy Lee Jones is like a... I think he's a, a contractor for the military. Like he would train soldiers how to kill in close combat. Okay. Usually with knives. Like there's a one scene in the movie that always stuck with me is when he's training these recruits. I think they're like FBI recruits or something, or I guess maybe like because they want to cover. Maybe it's maybe they're Marines or something. I can't remember. It's some kind of military uh, outfit, but he's training them basically how to kill in close quarters with a knife. So he he shows how to like all the pressure points on a body to attack. Like you know, like obviously if an enemy if a guy attacks you, you know you uh, push his arm up so you can stab under the armpit, like through the uh, get into the heart uh, through the side kind of thing. Uh, so. Or how to like dissect someone really uh, quickly. It was pretty, yeah, pretty. It's not, it's not a very gruesome movie. There is some obviously violence in it, but these training scenes I'm referring to, it's all done with like uh, wooden knives and stuff. They're just practice. They're, uh, they're not actually obviously killing each other. It's just a training exercise. But it's crazy to think. You see it in action later in the movie when the Del Toro character, who apparently he's one of these guys that Tommy Lee Jones' character trained, he snaps and starts killing a bunch of people. Like yeah, at the beginning of the movie, he kills some hunters in the woods 
because he claims like these hunters are like you know they're hunting deer with like high-powered rifles with uh, sniper optics and stuff and he's saying like oh that's not how you're supposed to hunt you're supposed to hunt like this with a knife in the jungle and he kind of goes all predator on them and just oh. covers these guys up so they call on the expert Tommy Lee Jones to come and track him I see it's a really good film though it's directed by um William Friedkin I believe is his name uh, he's a really he's I think he's still alive he's a really he'd be really old by now but he was a great he was a great director when he was still doing stuff he most known I guess his best movie ever would have been The Exorcist back in the okay. 70s. He did a bunch of other action movies in the 90s and 2000s. He's uh, yeah, he's a good director at filming like with practical effects. He doesn't like CGI and all that stuff. So, okay. But it's a good movie. It's a, uh, again, it's not a long movie. I don't think any of the movies on my list are really long, so I'm going to stop mentioning that. But they're all, <laughs> like I don't usually watch like three, three plus hour movies. These movies are all going to be two hours-ish, so or less uh but yeah this one's i think it's a really good watch it's definitely you can watch in one sitting this isn't going to be like super thought-provoking like the other one i mentioned before uh it's just a it's a good thriller psychological movie with some good violence uh, in a really i'm not gonna spoil it but a really good end fight one of my best one of my favorite like one-on-one uh sort of practical fights at the so end nothing of the movie. You, not nothing you can say about the bond films then <laughs> yeah but yeah check it out um it's I don't know it's weird I, I I don't want to say it's like a dad movie but I feel like most dads would like this movie <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah, so uh, the next one Les I know you've seen this one and this is one of my favorites on, and this one might be a little more familiar to the general public or at least maybe you've heard of it even if you haven't seen it just because the title is so kind of unique uh, it's called In Bruges I have seen In mm-hmm. Bruges mm-hmm. so it came out in 2008 uh, this one was actually a success even though it was so a uh, budget of only 15 million Oh, which, uh, um, which I guess I guess Colin Farrell didn't make a lot on this movie. I mean, had good actors in it. Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, and Ray Fiennes are all in it. But budget fifteen million, it made thirty four. So again, not a huge box office no, run, but still made, still made a profit. Uh, yeah. So movie is about a couple of hitmen who have to. I think they're from London, and they have to hide out in this place called Bruges, which is in uh, I believe it's in Denmark. Oh, what, I thought it was, this had to do with Irish. No. You think? Well, you think it's Colin Farrell's character's Irish? Is that what you're thinking? I'm pretty sure it's in maybe. like maybe, or maybe it's in maybe in Belgium. Now I think about it, I'm trying to think of Ray Fiennes characters. He says that this place is in Belgium, Bruges. Anyways, uh, it is a real place. It's not just some yes. made up place. But yeah, so the movie it's a very uh, so it, it's kind of a at the beginning of the movie you're gonna think it's like some wacky hitman comedy, but there are some really darker undertones there because the, there's a, a I won't spoil. But there's a reason why they're on the why they were sent to Bruges, like something to do with Colin Farrell's character. He screwed up a, a job like a hit back in london and killed someone he wasn't supposed to so the idea is there it's what they're hiding away in this place called bruges but in reality what happened is rafe finds who's like their boss he sent them both there uh i think conference character's name is ray so he sent them both there and he wanted ray to be killed in bruges like he was supposed to be punished for screwing up this hit yeah but they wanted him to get out of london so that the cops wouldn't kind of be on to them but then he wanted the brendan gleason character who i can't remember his name right now it's gonna drive me nuts but he was supposed to basically kill his friend ray but he doesn't so there's a huge confrontation at the end with the reef the refines character is hilarious and is hilarious in this movie he plays such a good british gangster with like a short temper uh the, but the, mostly to be honest with this one the there's not much action in it it's the dialogue the screenplay is amazing uh i think the guy i don't know if this is based on a player if he wrote this as an original screenplay but the director martin mcdonough uh yeah he wrote and directed this this movie and the screenplay is amazing uh if you it's one of those movies you can definitely rewatch and pick up different things on the screenplay each time i think it's very smart there's a lot of just good decisions like stuff like little things that are referred to in the beginning or middle of the movie you're paying attention that pay off at the end mm-hmm. it's a really really good movie with a kind of a depressing ending but 
this guy, when you watch a movie, you kind of feel like these characters don't really deserve a happy ending anyway. <laughs> They're all bad people, morally. So, but yeah, it's really good. It's really funny too in some moments. Uh, there's there's a lot of cursing, so that bothers you. I mean, it's kind of like a Tarantino movie in that aspect. But yeah, that's that's a really good one. To uh, I like how all three of these movies I realized I mentioned so far are all very different. Like if you watch one after the other, they're all very different genres. Yeah, yes. um, yeah that wasn't intentional. I was just trying. To, I guess I try to pick movies that if I mentioned to the average person, I would think you probably haven't heard of it, or if you have heard of it, you probably haven't seen it. It's yeah. something that you're like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. I'll make time on, for on one my recommend exactly one of those movies, right? Uh, the next one, I think you've seen this one, or if not, you've. It might sound familiar once I start describing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this one came out in 2007. Uh, again, small budget of 20 million, uh, made 48. So okay, again, good, uh, pretty good run actually good for this for this movie. Uh, it's called Mr. Brooks. Remember that I have. I remember a lot about yeah. this movie for some reason. So main leads are Kevin Costner and William Hurt. Yeah. And the idea behind this one is that Kevin Costner plays a man named Earl Brooks, who's like a seemingly mild-mannered office kind of mm-hmm. guy. You know, dresses up with the glasses and the tie and everything each day. He's got a wife and daughter, but it's revealed pretty early on in the movie that he has these serial killer urges. He is a serial killer, and he's been trying to suppress these urges for a long time. So when he has this this voice in his head, whenever he, this person that that spurs him on to kill is this William Hurt character. And that the actor manifests himself in these scenes with Kevin Costner where, like, they'll be sitting outside, you know, uh, at a restaurant. And obviously, Kevin Costner's there by himself, but you're, you're seeing him sitting with his his uh, schizophrenia, I guess, in his yeah. head talking to him, trying to urge him on to kill somebody or how fun it is to, you know. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's about uh, the main character dealing with that throughout most of the movie. But then there's also a... Uh, Don't you dare give away the ending. I'm not. I'm not. But I'm just going to say there's a really good, it's a good, um, there's a good relationship between him and the daughter that, that pays off near the end. There's a really good, uh, um, characterized character build up to that, to that moment. Uh, there is, again, there, I mean, it's still killer movie. There's going to be some killing. There's some violence in it, although I don't think it's very gratuitous. No, it's not. Um, there is, so one, one of the, what, depending on what your, your opinion of him is, is, is as an actor, Dane Cook is in it. He's a comedian, if you don't know. He was a stand-up comedian. I don't think he still is doing stand-up comedy anymore. He was pretty big in stand-up back in the 2000s. So he made his way into movies, mostly comedy movies. So seeing him in this movie is kind of weird the first time he was doing this dramatic role. But uh, his character, I think, is intended to be annoying in this movie. And he, he basically wants... He blackmails... He, he witnesses Mr. Brooks killing someone. He's and the one he, that wants to hang out with he him. He wants to hang out with him and go on, go on, a, um, go on a, like a stakeout with him yeah. when they kill someone. So that turns into a pretty fun thing towards the end that i won't spoil but it's a really good movie and it's uh there's actually some really good like emotional moments in there like between him and the daughter because he worries that um he passed it on to her kind of thing that he worries that his schizophrenia is a genetic yeah. thing and he might have, because she's suspected of apparently killing someone at her college like the cops come to his house and they say oh someone died at your daughter's dorm and we suspect her and he so he basically uh he he, he goes to the this isn't much of a spoiler because it's referenced pretty early in the movie. He goes to the dorm and basically kills somebody else to make it look like a serial killer on campus. Oh, but his daughter to was cover home up for her exactly because he doesn't know if she did it or not, right. but he suspects she may have the same thing he has, right. the urge. So it's really good. Uh, it's a good. It's a again pretty breezy film, not long. You can easily watch it, yep. watch in one sitting, and uh, it's not a movie that probably has a lot of rewatch value. You're not gonna pick up a lot of stuff the second time through, but I think it's a good film that most people don't know about. Or, yeah, no, I don't like. I, yeah. Anytime I've mentioned this, everybody's like, "Well, mm-hmm. what?" So, yeah, I do recommend this one too. All right, next one. This one you, I don't think you definitely have seen unless 
we watched it. I might it. have listened. You never know. You might have listened to it when you were falling asleep one time when we were, <laughs> when we were dating. But uh, 2005 Western called oh. called The Proposition. Nope. Nope. Okay. This one's really, okay. Uh, budget of $2 million made $5 million in the box office. So Okay. What? $2 million. Yeah, and which is surprising because who's in it? Uh, well, there are some main actors in it too. You have you have Guy Pierce in it, okay, who was in Memento and other films. Uh, you have Ray Winstone, who like, he was in like Departed, mm. Beowulf, some other movies Beowulf. in the two thousands. Yeah, uh, Danny Houston, who's another good. Uh, you wouldn't know, him, but he's he's nope. in a lot of stuff. There's, there's actually a lot of good actors. It's it's an Australia. It's set in Australia, filmed and set in Australia. Um, back in I want to say it's late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, something like that. I don't remember the exact setting, but. This one, uh, compared to most uh, some of the other ones on the list, this is a very violent movie. Okay. Like if you're not if you're not, if you're squeamish at all, do not watch this because it is relentless when it comes to a western. Um, there's not a lot of killing, but what's there is is pretty violent. Oh, you know who else is in it too? Is uh, John Hurt, um, Ollivander. Oh, I know Ollivander. Yeah. He passed away recently, didn't he? Uh, well, uh, maybe a year six, ago seven now. years ago. No, this, it's, I think it's been a while. Has been felt a while. forever. Yeah. So. <laughs> John Hurt did pass away, I think, a few years ago. But yeah, he's in it too. A lot, really good cast. Emily Watson's in it too now I think about it not Emma Watson no Emily Watson. I, okay. I was gonna say something I'm like no, <laughs> you said the other name but uh yeah so this one is it's about um Guy Pierce plays a character he's a I mean during this time period I guess was either a drifter or some kind of criminal probably like there was obviously honest people like living in the in these towns and saloons and stuff in in this era but so his, his character is uh, he's part of like the Burns gang they call it I think his name is Charlie Burns and uh <laughs> The idea is that he, this British officer comes, is sent to this village. I can't remember exactly why. He's sent to this village to sort of like be their, I don't want to call it their sheriff. I don't think they call them sheriffs in, in Australia, but to be their lawman. Okay. And he basically wants to get rid of these gangs, starting with the, the, the Burns gang. So he wants, he, he captures the guy, Pierce character, and he wants him to kill his brother, who's like the leader of the gang. He's like, well, I want you to go kill your brother. That. Well, the Guy Pierce character kind of wants to kill his brother because even though they're both in this gang, Guy Pierce isn't necessarily a killer, and his brother is a very vicious killer. Oh. So he's like, he knows that he should kill his brother, like morally. Right. <laughs> um. So there's a really good. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it. this movie. Is one of my favorite endings. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it is both picture perfect and a perfect moment of just capturing the entire screenplay and, and essence of. I could rewatch this movie any day. Honestly, it's so good. Hmm. The acting is so good. Uh, the music too, and the music was done by Nick Cave, who uh, he also did some of my other favorite scores recently, from like Hell or High Water or Wind River, okay. and stuff like that. So he's a uh, he's a musician who does a lot of just guitar work and like uh, Western themes. Like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, really good movie. Check it out, The Proposition. Uh, next one uh, came out in two thousand six. Um, what do we got here? Uh, budget. This one actually lost money. So budget of fifteen million, which again is small, only nine million in the box office. Okay. And I think I did see it in theaters actually, if I think about it. But uh, it's called Running Scared, and it is stars stars Paul Walker. Okay. So this is in the this is around the time he did a he did a couple of the Fast and Furious right. movies around this time. So that's what he was known for. But this is a very this is definitely different than that. This is a gritty R rated like very very violent movie. Um, about his character is a uh, ex cop who I think he's working for some kind of criminal under criminal outfit underground now something to do with Italian it's, it's just some mob war between Italians and Russians going on somewhere in New York I think so he's working for one of these families I won't spoil which one because there's a twist there but uh, <laughs> he's working for a family and uh, basically the he has a he has a younger son I think his son's maybe 10 or 11 years old and his son is friends with a the Russian kid next door 
So that's oh. how, you, how it gets all tangled up with the Italians and the Russians. Because um, so the Paul Walker character, at the very beginning of the movie, kills somebody, and then or, or sorry, it's maybe someone in his someone else that he works with kills somebody, and they give him the gun. They say, "Get rid of this gun." Uh, so he kind of hides the gun in his basement where he has this stash. And his son and this other Russian kid, they find this gun, and they you know they 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 go out somewhere. I can't remember where they go in the movie. They go out somewhere and they lose the gun. So then the Paul, the Paul Walker character is like freaking out because like, if anybody finds this gun, they're going to trace it back to him and everybody's going to find out about this killing at the beginning of the movie. So the whole movie is just as very, from that point <laughs> on, it's, it's very frenetic. It's about them just roaring all around the city because the gun keeps obviously transferring hands from like one gangster or criminal to another. And there's a lot of twists, like I said. There's so many are... handprints on this thing now. Who's going to trace it back to him? Well, it's more about, um, it's a very distinctive gun. Like it's it's a sort of a one of a kind type okay. piece that and I think I think what happens too is if I remember correctly I think the Russian kid, uh, the Russian kid when he has the gun he shoots his father his abusive father he shoots his father in the house and then like runs away with the gun so because so because obviously so the bullet that's in the guy like they take the bullet out and they can obviously match the ballistics right. on the gun with the other killing from the beginning of the movie so it turns into this big now my favorite thing about this movie besides the fact that it's just very entertaining and so energetic like it's always go 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 the pacing is crazy is there's a very awesome action set piece near the end i won't spoil what happens but let's just say it involves a hockey arena like a closed like no public but like a closed hockey arena at night with like um what do you call it like low in the dark like neon lights there's like a okay. shootout there's a shootout on this hockey arena involving hockey players shooting pucks at a guy <laughs> it's so yeah. it's so over the top and violent i love it um but yeah it's uh Again, uh, the problem. Again, I think if you Google this title, "Running Scared," it is actually the, the title of a movie from 1986, a different movie. Okay. So don't confuse this one with the <laughs> don't confuse the 2006 1986. They are very different movies. <laughs> but this one, I definitely recommend checking out if you're if you're in the mood for a very violent, uh, just frenetic, frenetic action movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Check it out. All right. Moving on. Uh. Next one. This one is actually kind of crazy. Uh. 2006. 2006 this is it? a year, man. I know, eh? Yeah, The Fountain and Running Scared. So, 2006, uh, budget of 18 million, which again, when I mention the actors, you'll think 18 million is pretty small for this. 18 million, box office, 1 million. What? Yeah. What happened? Uh, technically, I think it was 1.2 to be exact, but I kind of rounded down to a million. Still. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what happened with this one. I think it was probably an issue with the studio or. Because like, I think critically it was okay, and there's a lot of good actors in it. Was it the month it was released? I have no what? idea, but anyways, it's kind of weird. it's kind of the title probably didn't help. It's kind of a weird title. It's called oh. Seraphim Falls. Yeah. Uh, so okay. it's a western. It's on sci-fi. Oh it, no, yeah, we're going. It's a western, probably set in that if I had to guess, probably the 1800s. Some, no, yeah, 1800s, I think. Western. So the main actors are Pierce Brosnan and Liam Neeson. Oh. Uh, you also have other who are the other actors that are in it? So Michael Wincott, Angelica Houston. Uh, some other good actors too, but uh, West Studio I think is in it. So, um, main plot on this one is Pierce Brosnan's character very, very being in the movie. Pierce Brosnan's character is being hunted through the through the woods by a uh, a gang uh, led by Liam Neeson. And you're not you're not very sure you're not sure at the beginning what the like who's a good guy who's a bad guy here. All you know is that these two guys are trying to kill each other. Well, one's really trying to escape, the other one's trying to kill him. So it's revealed sort of towards the middle of the movie that these characters knew each other in the past during some kind of civil war. Uh, where they're like they were captains on opposing sides of this war, probably like the North and the South or something. Because it does take take place in the United States, which is funny because obviously Pierce Brosnan and Liam Neeson are not American actors. Yep. <laughs> they're trying to pull off American accents, no, and it's not yeah, well, like that could be entertaining. Uh, like. Liam, Liam Neeson doing a cowboy accent is not. I'm pretty sure Family Guy made fun of it, specifically referencing this movie in a Family Guy <laughs> skit for Liam Neeson's American cowboy accent. But it's an entertaining movie. And honestly, the the main selling point to me on this is the Pierce Brosnan character. Liam Neeson's good in the movie, don't get me wrong, but the Pierce Brosnan character gets a lot more range to, to act with emotionally in this movie because he's, okay. he's haunted by... 
he's haunted by something that happened in the war involving Liam Neeson's family. He was he wasn't directly involved, but he's he, there's flashbacks throughout the movie him remembering what happened. That's why Liam is scared of hunting him because he, he holds him responsible for what happened, even though he didn't directly yeah. hurt his family. So that's the main plot of the film. The, the film really though is nothing, it's a nonstop chase from beginning to end. There, Liam Neeson's character constantly hunting this Pierce Brosnan character from location to location. They do eventually they do have a confrontation like a fight uh, later in the movie, which is pretty good. Um, <laughs> I won't spoil what happens, but. It's a good movie. Uh, it's again, it's it's a western, so if you're gonna know what to expect going into that setting, slow. Yeah, it's slow paced, uh, but I think the characterization is really good. The screenplay is good. I don't remember much about the directing style. Like visually, it doesn't do anything amazing. The music, it, to me, I don't remember any of the music, so that wasn't a huge factor. But it's a good story, and uh, it's probably something you just want to watch once, and that's it. Mm. But I think it's for it's. I, I honestly, I don't think anybody ever heard this movie. I bring it up to anybody, they've never heard of it. Considering the one million dollars yeah. it made, yeah. But it definitely wasn't like a straight to DVD thing. The quality is there of the filmmaking. It's a good, good, it's well made film. Um, it just didn't stand out, I guess, for the I audiences. Guess not. So, last one on the list here. I think I don't know if you've seen this one. But I think you, if I start mentioning the the plot, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Because um, again, it kind of has a very generic title, but it came out in 2010. Uh, uh, budget of 15 million so pretty small again when I mentioned the actors here 15 million budget uh, only made 5 at the box office okay. small run it's called Unthinkable Okay. so it's got Samuel L. Jackson uh, Carrie Ann Moss who's from The Matrix like Trinity from The Matrix okay. uh, Michael Sheen who uh, he's in the Twilight movies he was the creepy evil vampire guy the guy that the oh. giggle the weird giggle that's all I remember with the Twilight okay. one <laughs> He was also, he's in all of us. So he was in like the, he was in Frost Nixon. He was in the Underworld movies. Oh, okay. He was in Passengers. He does, he does a lot of stuff. Twilight. He's good. He's a good actor. <laughs> so maybe part of this one is um, Michael Sheen's character is like a terrorist. He gets captured by the United States government office, CIA, FBI, whoever it is, captures him. So they bring in Samuel L. Jackson, who's like a master uh, negotiation specialist. Like he, he specializes in violent interrogations. To, to get information out of people when it's like a, when there's a quick when there's a time frame like because the Michael Sheen character has apparently planted bombs all over the United States they're gonna go off so they bring in the Samuel Jackson character to basically torture the information out of him so but the movie's about more than that. it's a psychological it's obviously you still have your he does try to interrogate him like psychologically they try and get into his mind find out why he's you know because it's essentially the Michael Sheen character I think he's a like he's a white man in America but I think he's a Muslim Oh. So, or his family is Muslim, so he, he kind of gets, that's why he gets recruited into that terrorist fold, and then, so there's a terrorist plot in the U.S. involving that, but um, the Samuel Jackson character is, you don't know a lot about him in the beginning of the movie, other than that he's very good at what he does, and as the movie goes on, you realize, is this guy really unhinged, because his, his techniques get more and more violent, and his ideas about how to extract information out of the guy, involved using, even involving using his family as pawns, mm-hmm. gets really violent and dark, and... Uh, it's a really good film. The movie mostly takes place... I can, you can tell why the budget's small, because I'm sure Samuel Jackson made a few million bucks in this movie, but the budget's small because it mostly takes place in a single setting. Like, okay. he's, he's always interrogating this guy in this room, and, like, it's basically, like, in a gyna- gymnasium at a college or something. So it's, it's all, like, an indoor... There's like, just a couple outdoor scenes when the FBI's, like, tracking these bombs down. There's really not a lot of... It's all a lot of interior dialogue and, and shots. So visually, not a lot going on there, but I thought the acting was great for everybody. And it does have a pretty dark ending, which I won't spoil. But um, again, I know generic title didn't help it. Um, it kind of sounds like the kind of thing unthinkable. You think it's like some generic. You, you go to the store. It's like one of those movies where like a uh, uh, wife is like playing to kill her husband, or like some kind of generic affair plot. It's like oh, unthinkable. Like what could that movie <laughs> be about? But really, it's about like the main thing is like is it unthinkable? How far Samuel L. Jackson will go to get information out of this guy? Right. That's what they're trying to get across. So. Uh, really good movie. I think I've shown it to a couple of people who have really liked it, so it's definitely got that appeal. 
as long as you can handle it again. It's, it, there's some violent moments where it's not over the top, definitely not compared to anything else on the list I've mentioned so far. But uh, there's a little bit of violence, so be prepared for that if you're bothered by someone being tortured. <laughs> it's not like saw level torture or like that. Mm. It's, it's but you know he's gonna like probably. Well, I can't remember what he does. He like shoot the guy. Does he probably? I think he might have, might slice off a couple of fingers if I remember correctly. I don't know. One of those things. But um, yeah, I like like Samuel Jackson. I like in movie even in movies like this where you can tell it was a small budget film that didn't have much of a theatrical release. But Samuel Jackson still gave it his all. In he this movie. always yeah. brings it. When he doesn't always, he? Yeah. Like, come on, that guy's awesome. So again, let's do a quick recap. The Fountain, The Hunted, In Bruges, Mr. Brooks, The Proposition, Running Scared, Seraphim Falls, and Unthinkable. Watch them all, people. (laughs) (laughs) But don't watch them all back to back to back to back or however many that is because they're really different genres. If you keep flip-flopping these all back to back. There's a couple westerns on there. There was a couple, and there's a couple in there I think that require a second viewing to really understand, but... uh, yeah, I, I think, to be honest, I think at least a few of these are probably available on Netflix or Amazon, so if you have those streaming services, check them out. Uh, like I said, they're all they're older films, so they should be readily, readily available mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's all I got. You got anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, I think that was great. I learned about some movies, and I'm intrigued to watch um, some of them. Which um, one specifically did you int- uh, intrigue you based on my your descriptions? It was the one about murdering people. <laughs> Can you say the names again? Not the westerns. It wouldn't be the westerns. No, it wouldn't be the hunted. Uh, not the proposition. Which one? You, which okay? So you've seen the fountain. I don't think the hunted intrigued you. That's the one where no. Tom Lee Jones in Bruges. You've seen Mr. Brooks. You've seen the proposition was a western. Running scared. That's the one that intrigued you. The no, one about the I cop. Only oh, not Seraphim Falls is a western. Maybe I want to watch Mr. Brooks again. Mr. Brooks is good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I wanted to do. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, hey, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back again next week. I'll try to think of another cool topic. Until then, stay safe. Boys! <laughs>